Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. And by the way, I know that many of you have completed your 21-day fast, and I know that you are enjoying yourself, and I trust God that you're having a wonderful meal and slowly bringing your system back online. Praise God. Uh, It took me about, oh, probably about five days before my body began to kind of wake up and get an appetite back. But you know what's fun about fasting, uh, the physical aspect of that is when you start to eat again, the first few days are real kind of calm, but after the engine kicks in, oh, it's pretty cool. It's like every two hours, uh, even after a big meal, you're hungry again. (laughs) Praise God. And food tastes so much more enjoyable after a good fast. Any food that's old or stale, something's not right, you instantly can tell this food is stale and you don't want to eat it. So it's like everything gets refined during a time of fasting. Now, I know that there are some that are still continuing on their journey. I got an email today, and today somebody is on number 18. Uh, Others, there are a few that are on day number seven. They start it later. So God's grace to you as you continue on your journey and make it to the conclusion of your time of consecration and sanctification unto the Lord. You'll see at the end that it's worth it and that the Lord will be blessing you and speaking to you, and you are doing the right thing by positioning yourself for a year of unprecedented miracles, breakthroughs, and most importantly, most importantly, a close walk with God. Praise God. Now, before we jump into today's message, um, let me see if I can take care of a little bit of business. Praise God. This little thing was about to drive me crazy before the recording today. And uh, this, uh, this is called an encoder. And there's all types of encoders out on the market. And I won't say the brand uh, online, but it's a good brand. But no matter which encoder that you get, uh, the lifespan uh, is about two or three years. And you could you can read this anywhere when you purchase these. Now, what an encoder does is it allows you to stream with a really nice camera. So if you're just using like a computer laptop, you don't need an encoder. But if you want to use a good camera like we do, then you have to have something that can encode that to where you're sending it. So believe it or not, over the years, uh, I would say close to 15 years of streaming on the internet, uh, I've got a stack of these that we've gone through. Why? They last about two or three years, then they just go kaput. Well, this one, which cost about $1,000, has actually lasted about five years, but it has totally gone kaput on me. And I was going to get a new one, and I called the company, and I said, hey, I I need to get your new one. Well, this one's been discontinued. And uh, I said, well, what's the next model up? And they told me what it was. While I was waiting for a quote on that, uh, I kept fidgeting with this one and actually resurrected it. And I told them, oh, I don't need the new one. The the old one started back up. (laughs) And they actually said uh, at the company, they actually said, hallelujah, good. (laughs) Call us back if you need any help. 
Well, uh, I, I, what I didn't realize is that when it was resurrected, the video started working again, but no audio. So my friends, this will go in the stack of encoders that have bit the dust over the years. Now, I just happen to have one extra encoder, and I grabbed it from the sanctuary and brought it over here so that I could uh, talk to you today from Studio B. But the reality is, is we need to upgrade to a new encoder, and the price for a brand new one is $3,500. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's kind of a, a little bit of a jump from 1000 Yeah, well, the one we had in the studio is probably about $1,800 encoder, and it's really nice. That one's also be, uh, has been discontinued. So let's get a new one. And uh, they're uh, $3,500. And so then, uh, you know, you need uh, what's called a core plan. In other words, when you stream it, you're sending the signal somewhere. I'm sending it to you. Maybe you're watching me on YouTube or something like that. So it allows me to send the signal. But here's uh, an interesting thing. What would happen if YouTube maybe uh, for some reason, decided, hey, we don't like his messages, let's cut him. Well, uh, I do have all of the message uh, messages backed up onto our editing software that we used, but it's also good to have them backed up in the cloud. And so this company has a cloud called Core, and we can send them all to the uh, cloud. So for $5,000, I can get a brand new one of these, the latest state-of-the-art ones, and, uh, you know, aluminum casing, and it'll even stream in 4K. How about that? Woo, praise the Lord. And we can back it up, have it all in the cloud, so that we just have an extra backup case, uh, a, a, a place to put it. And as we're going to be streaming more and more, we need to have that. So you know what? Let's say goodbye to this one, and let's believe God for a new one. $5,000. Uh, I know in many ways, we've had big projects, and we've we've knocked the big projects out of the park. Who wants this one? Maybe there's somebody out there and you say, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to relieve your grief <laughs> of having to mess with stupid stuff like, like that's outdated like this. I'm going to get you a new one. Okay, I can call my guy back at the corporate company and he'll have one to me overnight. But basically, it's just $5,000 flat. That includes the insurance on it. That includes the item itself, the hardware and the uh, cloud system for a whole year, because I'm going to be shooting all of these to the cloud. Yes, they go out to Facebook and YouTube and places like that, but you have to have a, uh, a place where you can store all of that long-term, especially if uh, and when we bump up to streaming, let's say like 2K, then all of that's got to go to a big cloud system. Takes care of all of that for a year. 5K. Okay, so if you want to sow some seed, uh, maybe you have some technological needs, okay? Maybe you are thinking, hey, I'd like to bump up. I need I need a new this or a new that. Maybe even a new TV, maybe a new laptop or whatever. Okay, sow a seed so that we can just knock this out. I can call and place that order, and, uh, and that way you get to be involved in it, okay? And so I want to give that opportunity. It's only $5,000. You can go online right now, stephenbrooks.org. Look at the link up top where it says give online, and just when it says tithes offerings, hit the offering link and just say for the encoder, E-N-C-O-D-E-R, encoder, praise God. Woo, it's going to be nice to get rid of this. <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, in honestly, uh, honesty, it did a good job for five years, but it's done. Now, if you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, what happens if you go over? What happens if you go over the $5,000? And I trust we will. 
then we're going to upgrade one of the office computers that was put in in the year 2014. It's so old it won't um, even update. Won't even do a Windows update anymore. <laughs> Yes, so we need a technological package. Amen. Just call it tech package. Praise God. So if we go over on this, and I'd love to see that happen, I'll put it towards the new computer. We actually need two com uh, new computers for the ministry here. Uh, we have more than that, but we need two because we've got two dinosaurs. <laughs> Praise God. So let's knock the ball out of the park. Amen. We're in the new year. It's time to do some sowing. I'm giving you an opportunity to sow right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody that's sowing into, we'll call it the tech package for the new encoder, which is needed immediately. And let's go for the two computers and the two computers I pray, Father, that everybody that sows their seed, that you would meet their need in the area where they need it most. Maybe they need a new car, one that's got some technology in it, like some uh, side alerts, like they're going off the lane or whatever it might be. Lord, bring them up, bring them up, let them, let them be modern, let them be caught up in all things. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, thank you. Bless your people. Those that are sowing, bless them in Jesus, name we pray, and we all say, amen, praise God, amen, glory to God. Now, today, I want to talk about trust proven by fire. This is a study that we need to dive into as we are on the journey to the Psalm 66 wealthy place that God is destined for every believer to arrive at, praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, as we jump into your word, let the fire, the anointing of your word, touch hearts today. Warm hearts and liberate your people from any mindsets where trust would be placed in the wrong area. Now, we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, watch what God is going to do. And I say that because... While over the years, particularly uh, when I got into my early 30s, I began to hear a whole lot of teaching on the subject of faith. And that's, that's understandable because we have what we would call in church history the Word of Faith movement, and in a sense it's still obviously moving because that's something that we need. So my late 20s, early 30s, I really began to get immersed in the subject of faith and uh, that is, in a sense, my forte of where I love to teach at and that and the supernatural. But I would admit that over the years, even when I was younger, growing up in church, uh, I would have to say that I still never really understood the difference between trust and faith. And I didn't really hear a lot of messages on that subject of trust. But I want to talk about it today. Praise the Lord. By the way, what, what are the differences between faith and trust? Well, I would say that faith is really confidence in God and His Word, while trust basically is commitment. You're committed to God. So faith produces confidence, but trust produces Commitment. Let me say that again. Faith produces confidence, but trust, that's going to produce something different. That's going to produce commitment. And it's very important that you understand the weight and the value of trust because faith potentially 
can fail. Now, we see this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 32. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Now, why is Jesus praying for Peter that his faith not fail? Because it is possible for a, a person's faith to go down. He said, so I have prayed that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Praise God. So faith can fail. And confidence, which is a uh, manifestation of faith, confidence also can be laid down. This is very interesting in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. Now, that word castaway in the Greek literally means that you could throw your confidence off. And uh, the word picture in the original Greek language is that of taking off a coat and just thinking, you know, I don't want to wear this anymore. The coat's too heavy or whatever the case might be. And sometimes when God is working in his way and in his timing that we don't always understand, we can lose confidence in the sense that we might think, oh, this is taking too long. And undoubtedly, there will be those that somehow seem to pipe in. Yeah, I tell you what, brother, you've just been, this is taking too long. I don't know if God's in this or not. <laughs> Therefore, do not cast away or take off your confidence. So faith can fail. Confidence can be cast away, but trust, now this is amazing, trust can never, ever be moved. So it, it's different from faith. Mm -mm. Psalm 125, 125, I'm so glad that you're here today studying God's word because I know you're hungry for God and uh, God intends to feed you, amen. Psalm 125, verse 1. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. Technically, Mount Zion is the church. Mount Zion is the people of God. And no matter how yucky and nasty it might get out there, I'll tell you this, the gates of hell will never, ever prevail against the church. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Trust can never be moved. Let me give you a, another example of the difference between faith and trust. Faith would be, uh, here's an example. I'm believing God for my healing. I believe it's done. Praise God. I believe I receive and I'm walking by faith and I'm, uh, you know, I just believe God for my full manifestation of healing. So that would be faith in action, faith on the line, faith at work. Here's, here's the difference. Here's trust, an example of trust. Here's a real-life example story. You would be living in the former Soviet Union when it was under iron-fisted communistic rule where Christians were locked up and put in prison. So the only way to meet as a church would be to meet in secret. Okay, so let's say you're meeting in secret, 45 people, meeting in a secret church so that you can worship God together. Suddenly, there's not a knock on the door, but rather suddenly the doors are burst open and in come 10 KGB agents 
with their AK-47s pointed at everybody in the church. And the head commando says, he says, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, get out. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you stay here. But if you're not a believer and you're not a true follower of Jesus, get out. And out of the 45 people, you only had 12 left. Two of them, the pastor and his wife and 10 other faithful, true Christians. All the others left. By the way, this is not a, just a, an imaginary example. This is a true story that happened. So the, the other group has left. Why? They didn't have their trust in God. It sh- they were so shaken that they betrayed the Lord and they all left. You've only got 12 there. Guns pointed at them. The head commando turns and closes the doors and locks the doors with the deadbolt, turns around and tells all of his men, put your guns down. They all put their guns down. The head commando looks at the pastor and said, we have to be sure who the true Christians are. We want to take communion with you because we're Christians also. (laughs) True story. Do Do you see the difference between somebody who says, I'm in faith for God's best for my life. I'm in faith for my healing. I'm in faith that I'll be able to get entrance into that university or whatever it might be. Do you see the difference between faith now and trust? Well, when it all comes down to it, the bottom common denominator is, do you really trust God? And many, many say they do, but they don't understand what it actually means to really trust God. And for many of them, they may never know unless they're faced with a situation like that. But then if they're unstable, they leave. Wow. Very, very interesting. Praise God. You know, there's a lot of uh, woke pastors today that are totally compromised, that are receiving secret bribes, that are receiving hush money to not preach against certain subjects and also to uh, expound upon certain uh, liberalities and uh, make sin appear to be non-existent. But the thing is, if if a dire situation ever hit, you'd, you'd see them fold so fast. You would see them fold and deny the Lord so quickly that um, it would be shocking. But my friends, God wants you to have these things settled within your heart. You know, there's a lot of people in the in the church that say, I would face the lions. <laughs> but, you know, the truth is they can't even face being alone with themselves for 10 minutes where they get quiet and then God would begin to speak to their conscience. They can't, they can't handle that. They're, they're too agitated, too, too busy. And they've got to cover all of that up with constant noise. So, no, they, they could never face things that would maybe rattle them. No, they could, no, they'd be out in a second and they might run over you and stampede you on the way to getting out. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. So while quite a number of people believe God, the reality is that very few trust him. Thank you, Jesus. Now, those who trust him are totally dependent on him and their eyes are on the Lord. Let's take a look at this in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17 and verse 7. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. So heat may come, but he's not going to fear. His trust is in the Lord. So trusting is the pathway to not only having a triumphant life, but it's something that you can continually walk in because you're unmovable when your trust is in the proper place, which is in God. Look at this in the book of Psalms and Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So when your trust is settled in God, he will allow you to experience, I would say to have experiential knowledge in things where you actually know he's good. It's almost like you can taste him. You know, life, it's a mystery. Life really will get sweeter and sweeter the more you understand this mystery of the kingdom called trust in God. Mm -hmm. It'll make your life very, very sweet. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Glory to God. Now, let's go deeper. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall, we, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? You know, the only way to not take thought for your life is to have your trust centered in God. Praise the Lord. Where you're not concerned about what you're going to eat, or what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear. You just go through life and God provides and you just walk that out and you're not anxious or stressed out about that as if God is not your father. See, some people, they behave like they're in like a business relationship with God instead of knowing that this is, this is father-son, this is father-daughter relationship. This is not some cold mechanical process where God's up there pushing buttons and stuff like that. No, this is heart-to-heart. Praise the Lord. So I'm sure that there are some who are watching who would give offerings and do give offerings, but for, but for a certain reason, it's like the blessings, though, still they're not flowing the way that you know that they should. Why would that be? Why would that be? Sometimes it's because the person is not truly dependent on God for their needs to be met. They're looking at all types of other options. Some depend on their paycheck as if their job were their God, or they're depending on money from the government. By the way, the government would love for you to worship them as your God. They, would, they, they actually will reward you for that. They might even give you a free cell phone. Can you imagine that? You can have your own God and get a free cell phone if you'll just bow down and worship. <laughs> It'll probably be a real cheap cell phone at that. Some people, their trust is in maybe, uh, and I'm talking about adults, 
but they would still have their trust maybe in their wealthy mom or dad, or maybe their wealthy grandparents, and they've got to always kind of kowtow to the, you know, to whoever's got the money. How sick, how degrading as a full-grown adult, as a believer, to have to grovel like that just so that you can get a little inheritance money. Or maybe maybe it's a whole lot of inheritance money, so you better behave, and don't you dare do anything spiritual around them. We might offend them. Hmm. You have to get past all that type of stuff. This is where even some people in business, they try to play it real safe, and they don't realize that's why they're not really prospering. In other words, you're a salesman. Give you an example. Let's say you're a salesman, and you have the potential to have a really big deal here. If you if you close this deal and they become your your clients, uh, then this is going to bring a lot of money in, and then then suddenly you feel quickened by the Holy Spirit, witness to Him. Oh no, Lord, I, I can't do that. That that could blow the whole deal. Well, okay, why are we even here living? just to breathe air, take up space, and eat food, and then eventually die. We're here for the glory of God. And it could be that the reason that God wants to bless you is to put you in that position so you can let your light shine. Oh, Pastor Stephen, we can't let them know we're Christians. What would they think? Maybe they might think we can trust them. Oh, maybe they might think they're Christians. Those are the kind of people we're looking for. We're tired of getting ripped off all the time. We've heard good things about them. But if God says, I want you to minister to them, I want you to uh, share uh, what I've done in your life, how I've turned your life around. You Okay, okay Lord, here goes. And you know what? If it, if it kills the deal, then it is what it is. But Lord, if this is what you want me to do, okay, here we go. <laughs> I, told, I told you that walking with God is very exciting. You won't have to jump out of airplanes and hope the parachute works. You won't have to bungee cord, uh, jump off of buildings. Just walk with God. It's very, very exciting. Mm-mm. Praise God. Praise God. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 17 Verse 5, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Let me be the first to say that I know that God works through people. God has never written me a check. Has he written you one? If he, if he has, I, I would like to see it. We should get that framed and I'll show everybody on YouTube the check that God wrote you. <laughs> So God's never written me a check either. I know he works through people, but we don't look at the people. We thank God for people, and that's how God flows through. But God is the source. God is the one that's touching people's hearts to show kindness, to show liberality, to give. God's the one that's controlling all of this. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God's the one that's giving you favor to get that job. Yes, we thank you for the employer. We thank God for the employer. And we thank that person and we appreciate them. But we only worship God. You have to realize that with your eyes, okay, with your two eyes, you're either looking up or you're looking down. You cannot, and you can try it if you want. You cannot take one eyeball. Try, try it right now. Take one eye and try to look up while at the same time, take the other eye and make it look down. Now, if you can do that, you're not human, you're a chameleon. 
I, I've seen a chameleon do it. Their eyes can go all over the place. We can't. We're either looking at God or we're looking at man. And God, when he sees that, that we're looking down and not looking at him, then he'll pull back the real good stuff. He'll pull it back on purpose. I'll, I will talk more about that in just a moment. Mm-mm. So if you haven't been looking to the Lord, you need to come into this realm of trusting God fully. Thank you, Lord Jesus. No more begging. No more dropping hints, trying to get somebody to do something for you. No more, no more dancing around somebody else's blessing, hoping that they'll see you and maybe throw you a crumb. You don't have to play these silly, stupid games that people play. I see it in church. I see it in some ministers. One minister, I, I picked him up one time in a brand new car. And he said, oh, Pastor Stephen, I really like your car. He said, I've been believing God for one of, for one of these, for this very same car for, for years and years now. He, he, was, he would always drop hints like that. He was always in the flesh, and he was always, always struggling. He has never broken through financially, even the day he has not. And when he said that about, well, I've I've always been believing God just for a car just like this. And I I wanted to say, well, you keep on believing because you're not getting this one. God gave me this one, and I I sure ain't giving it to you. (laughs) Now, if God's told me to, I would, but he hasn't. So don't be trying to, like, manipulate me. You know, I call it unsanctified giving. That's the only way that some people are able to receive. They manipulate through tears or through dropping hints. And eventually somebody just gives in and just gives them something. And it's unsanctified giving. And there's no harvest on that. And I'm not saying we only give so that we can get a harvest. But I'm saying we should give in accordance with the leading of the Spirit and with biblical principles, and not just be manipulated by people, because there's a lot of that stuff out there. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is your understanding of the mystery of trusting that brings you to the realm of having ongoing triumph in your life. I'm talking about triumph where you can taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's for the one that trusts in the Lord. Praise God. He'll give you the most amazing victories that are just totally impossible, but you have to have all of your trust in him. Many love Jesus. No no question about that. Many love Jesus, but very few trust him. That's a big statement, isn't it? Uh, Pastor Stephen, that can't be true. There's millions and millions of Christians. There are, but when it comes to the trust factor, it's you're in a different realm now. Mm-mm. Multitudes worship him, but even still, very few trust him. One of the things that easily grabs people's attention and grabs their trust is money. Many Christians, they have their souls, it's like almost like tied to and anchored to money. So th- this is amazing. When God sees that, what he does in his mercy is he does not multiply their offerings because it would lead to their destruction. It would, it would 
if they're having a hard enough time with it and they're making $30,000 a year, if they're struggling with that and they're making $300,000 a year, what do you think is going to happen if God took them into the millions? It would become their God. It would become their God. Oh, no, Pastor Steve. It would become their God. And because God loves them, he doesn't allow it. He cares more about their soul than even about their own personal interest. Pastor Stephen, God will give me the desires of my heart. That's all measured by the spirit of wisdom and how much you can handle, how much you can steward, and where your trust level is at. Because God really does love you. He really does love you. And that's first and foremost always. Praise God. When money is what determines your countenance, it shows that that is where your trust is at. Mm-mm. Now, I didn't tell you this. I just, you know, my wife and I, we finished our 21-day fast just a few days ago. I didn't tell you this, and I know that you didn't know, but while we were in the middle of that fast, one day we got a notice on an email, uh, and it showed a withdrawal from our personal bank account, and it had been withdrawn and deposited in a bank over in Europe. And uh, my wife immediately called the bank and said, that's not us. We have, we have no bank account in this European nation, and uh, that's, that's a fraudulent transaction. And within minutes, within minutes, a crook had somehow gotten our password. And trust me, this was a computer-encrypted password that was about this long, not just a simple little word. No, it was very complex. And I don't know how the person did that, but within minutes, all of the money in our personal bank account was gone, just like that, boom, gone, completely gone, out of the count, <laughs> and stolen and hauled off to another nation. You know, now here's what's amazing. When my wife called and was put through to the bank's fraud department, and this is a big bank, and I, I, I knew some things like this were coming in this year as far as weird challenges that the enemy would try to do. I'm going to get to the end of the story in just a moment. But when this happened, my wife got to the fraud department and they said, Mrs. Brooks, the money's already been deposited over into that European account. And she said, how could that be done so fast? Because if we ever transfer money internationally, which we do sometimes through ministry trips and things that we have to do, it takes at least minimum two days for it to go through. And they said it, it went through already. So it was gone in like in less than a minute. It was already gone by the time that we called and the email had only been there a few minutes. The whole personal, our entire personal bank account, gone. Let me ask you a question. The entire time I've been coming before you on this 21-day fast, did you ever see me show up in tears? Did you ever see me with a countenance of sobbing, moaning, and complaining, trying to hint to you that something horrible has gone wrong in my life? <laughs> did you ever see that? You never knew, did you? Well, the fraud department said, we'll, we'll check into it. We said, please do, because this is total fraud and theft, and they did. And you know what? The very day after our fast was over, I mean within minutes after the fast was over, boom, all the money's back in the account. 
<laughs> we had some of the craziest attacks we have ever had in our life over these 21 days. Let me say this. This was the best fast I've ever done in my life in the sense that there was, but I, and the reason why this was the hardest fast. Do you know I preached my pastor's funeral on this fast? I wasn't going to share this, but uh, the family, his, his closest family and the closest people to him on the planet were invited and they asked me to do the, to do the sermon. I'm the man that preached the eulogy for this great general of the faith. And I flew out there. My wife and I flew out there across the nation. What's it like sitting on an airplane? Mr. Brooks, would you like some peanuts or the cookie? I'll take the cookie so I can give it to somebody else. What's it like flying? What's it like preaching a funeral? What's it like being around people and you're not eating? Well, Pastor Steve, I got the day three on the fast and I just felt like, I thought, I just felt like, you know, okay, blah, blah, blah. And they started eating. God bless you. You have probably done more than what most Christians would do. But the Holy Spirit led me to call for a 21-day fast. And if you would embrace the prophetic word, grace comes with that word. To plow, to plow through anything. You could have plowed through anything. And don't think I wasn't plowing. Oh, and that, that Pastor Stephen was sitting at home because he's a preacher laying on the bed all day. I was working all day long, traveling, preaching, fighting demons through hell. Amen. Had every dollar of our personal money stolen. And the day the fast was over, boom, all back in the account. <laughs> Woo! And the bank had to cover that. The theft, the theft was done. It's gone. But they, they realized, yeah, the, the guy, you know, got in there, stole it and whatever, and sold, you know. But we won. Praise God. We did it. Fighting demons at night in warfare, mm, stuff like that. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I want to see the glory. You got to go through hell before you see the glory. Uh, who told you you can get there through some route of just walking on a, a path with flowers all the time? It's a, it's a, it is a battle. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glad I can help some of you today. <laughs> Amen. Again, when money is what determines your countenance, it shows. It'll show where your trust is at. First mm -hmm. Timothy chapter 6. Verse 17, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. So let me loop back to where we started from in the beginning, the difference with faith and the difference of trust. Some believers, they do give, but they need to train themselves into this area of, yes, being a giver, yes, even tithing, but also coming to a place where there is just absolute trust in God, not in a world system, not even in a high-paying job, not even, not even having a contract with a big client. All of those things can change. I pray that they don't but they are subject to change. What happens if there's a change? Well, I guess I'll just go jump off the tallest building, Pastor Stephen, and get it over with. No, that's what those do who don't know God. Mm, spirit of fear hits them. And the next thing you know, they're taking the leap, which is why people need Jesus 
in their life. But we need, we need to have him in our life where we trust him. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I was going down a prayer line one time. And this was, this was years back. This was almost 20 years ago. I was going down the prayer line, and there was a lady with high anxiety, Jew, a Jewish woman, high anxiety in the line. Pastor Stephen, please, please, please pray for me. Why? What's wrong? Oh, my husband and I, we're, we're, we really need God's help financially. And I, I thought, well, are they facing being homeless or they're going to about to get evicted or what's the deal? Oh, so I said, what, what's going on? Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, um, don't, 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 please uh, pray. pray. Our, our savings, if it gets any lower, it will dip below a million dollars. And when I heard that, I, di- I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I held it in. I almost wanted to start laughing out loud. My, at that point, my entire personal savings was $100. <laughs> Woo, had about $100, maybe a hundred, like 120. That's all I had in the bank at that time. Because most of the time during that season of my life, I was just traveling nonstop all over the country preaching in a lot of different churches and stuff like that, really getting developed in the walk of faith. And so when she, you know, she's sitting at over a million dollars at liquid, liquid cash savings, and she's concerned that it might dip beneath a million. And the are you ready for this? The home's paid off. They don't owe a penny on the home. Both vehicles are paid off. Don't owe any money on the home. Everything's debt-free, and they're eaten up with anxiety. Now, you tell me where their trust is at. You tell me, what's the purpose? Lifting your hands, oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus says, I know you do. I love you too, uh, but you don't trust me one bit. Not even with a million, not even with a million in the bank. Do you see why this is so important? Woo, praise God. Praise God. Some trust money. Some trust other people in the sense where I see this a lot with doctors. I see Christians just like, it's like it doesn't matter what the doctor would tell them. They do instant obedience straight out the door and do whatever the doctor said. Almost if, almost if the doctor said, take your car, drive it as fast as you can, just drive it off that cliff over there. Yes, sir, doctor. I'll, I'll just do it right now. Do I need any prescription for that? Yeah, here's a few pills. Okay, I'll make sure I take them. And off they go and drive off the cliff. I talked to a woman one time, a partner of this ministry, and she had some health struggles, went to the uh, uh, hospital, got checked into the hospital. And I said, how are you doing? She goes, well, Pastor Stephen, I can't walk anymore. I said, you can't walk? You've been, wa- you've been walking for 70 plus years of your life and suddenly you can't walk? Well, the doctor said, I'll never walk again. He did? Yes, he did. I said, and that's, you, you agree with that? Yes, he's the doctor. Okay. And you know what? It's been three years now. She has not taken one step ever since, and she don't believe she ever will. That word of the doctor is as God has spoken unto her. I hope she's watching. I don't know if she watches me still. I'm a little too honest sometimes. Sometimes that upsets people. <laughs> they want to live in like a fantasy world. <laughs> I'm just like, please, somebody tell me the truth. I only want what works. If it doesn't produce victory, I am not into playing religious games. I, I can't handle that. <laughs> if others want to run around and live in that world, I, 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 that, that's okay. 
I like winning. I like victory. I don't like, I don't like that other stuff. I can't, I can't, I can't play that stuff. Praise the Lord. Amen. But some people really try, and I love doctors. Thank God for them. Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, of course, was a doctor. I am not anti-doctor, but I am total pro-word of God. And uh, if, if a doctor ever told me, you're never going to walk again, I would almost like prove. I, I'd, be, I'd fast and pray for 40 days. God, give me a miracle to do nothing but walk and prove that wrong. <laughs> but just to sit back and receive it, okay, that's what the doctor said. <laughs> Where's your trust? In the doctor, not in God. Some trust themselves because, because of their smartness, their ingenuity, their, uh, their expertise, maybe, maybe because of their contacts, and they just think, I'll get out of this some way or another. I'm smart enough to get out of this. And so they don't, they don't trust the Lord. But in the school of God's biblical prosperity, there is no substitute. God won't allow it. There's no substitute for pure trust in God. And what God wants to do in this end time wealth transfer where he's going to pour millions of people, millions of dollars into the hands of trustworthy Christians, you need to, you need to get really strong in this area of your life. Whoo, praise God. Praise God. Trust is an expression of commitment. Very quickly, Daniel chapter 3. Verse 17, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Oh, Pastor Stephen, we, we could never say something like that. After all, he's our source, and uh, he's the one that's bringing in the bread and butter, and we can't afford to offend him, so we'll just, let's just bow down. We'll do it together, and nobody's going to take any pictures, and the Jewish community outside of this won't know. Let's just do it to appease him. Surely God understands. Yeah, he understands that you just betrayed him. He understands that you just sold him out to maintain your position or to make a nut job like the crazy king here to make him happy while he rides on in his prideful ego. You know what? The king needs somebody to take a stand with God and show this king who God really is, not him. It's not, it's not Nebuchadnezzar. It's God. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. As you trust God more and more, things actually in life get better. They do get sweeter, and your walk with God will become a lot richer. And you know what? Your finances will too. Mm -mm. Okay. Bonus message. (laughs) If you made it this far, bonus message. <laughs> I'm, I feel, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling the anointing. I'm going to give the bonus because I believe we're going to get the, the bonus blessing for the new encoder. Thank you for sowing. Glory to God. Again, $5,000 gets us a brand new encoder, encoder. It's called the Prism Flex. Really nice. The encoder is $3,400. Or $3, the, uh, the cloud package comes with that. And the uh, warranty, uh, the coverage on it, 
comes with it, puts it all right at 5K. 5K, we're state-of-the-art, praise God. Anything over it, we'll put it towards office computers, praise the Lord. So I want I want to share, You've many of you have heard me talk before about Job chapter 13, verse 15. And there is, there's no telling how many preachers have taught on that amazing scripture. But as far as I know, and I'm sure there could be some others, but as far as I know, I am the only preacher I have ever met on this planet that has had a personal face-to-face encounter with Jesus where Jesus revealed that verse to me. I think there are many good preachers that preach on it. Some give it a wrong angle, like God's trying to kill you, and if he is, just endure it. Go ahead and, you know, whatever. But really, uh, this is God allowing difficult circumstances or, or heat, heated-type trial experiences, like, like the three Hebrew men were going through. Okay, it's stuff like that. You really find out where your trust is at. And as many of you know, Years back, I had I had a real trial. I had a hot water situation uh, going on in the ministry of great need that came upon me suddenly. And at the same time, I, I was supposed to be traveling overseas to a major conference to speak. And I, I, I don't say this lightly, but there were people in that conference that risked their lives to get into the meeting. The meeting was in uh, Taipei. No, excuse me. It was in Taiwan. I flew in the Taipei. The meeting was in Taiwan in the mountains, a rural area in the mountains of Taiwan. There were people that came from China. They came on a tour of the island of Taiwan. While on tour, they skipped out of the tour. But why? Because they're all Chinese preachers. They got off the tour and they go to where we're at preaching because they know we're there and they hang out with us and they are in the meetings, and then when the tour is about to end, they join back up with the tour as if they've been there the whole time. They're very, they're very, very smart, and they risk their lives to do that, to get into the meeting and to receive these type of teachings. So I was supposed to be there to minister, and I didn't have the money and there's hundreds and hundreds of people coming. They've all they've all got their tickets. They're all going to be there. Many putting their lives on the line to be there. And everybody's got their ticket except for who? Stephen Brooks. Me and my family, because I'm bringing my wife and my daughter with me. And the, the host was willing to cover my ticket. He just said, Stephen, come on. I'll cover your ticket when you get here. And he was, trust me, very wealthy man. It's good for it. But I didn't have the money to go out and get the ticket. And so all kinds of stuff was cooking and this pressure, 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 pressure. <laughs> Woo! And it shook me. It shook, it shook my trust in the Lord. Like, like Lord, why, why are you allowing this to happen? Lord, this is so important, blah, 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 blah. And it was. But it shook me because I'd never been in a situation where the pressure cooker got that hot before. And I had some doubts that I allowed in. And so it, 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 it was working against my trust. It shook me in that area. And so one night I was at home and I told Kelly, I said, I think God wants to talk to me. I'm going to go down to the office and I'm going to pray. She said, okay, go, go ahead. So I went down to the office and I started praying 
and I'd been in prayer for a couple of hours, and Kelly called me on the phone. She calls the office phone. I pick it up. I'm sitting uh, in the chair. Uh, this was a landline. I've got the phone up like this, and Kelly goes, well, how's everything going? I said, good. I'm just, you know, down here. Nothing, nothing's really happened. That I'm, uh, I'm just praying. And while I'm on the phone, now, if, I, if I'm making this up, I know that the Bible says that all liars have their part in the lake of fire. I am fully cognizant of that, and I'm trying to dispense to you absolute 100% truth in what I'm telling you right now. When I was on the phone talking to my wife, Jesus appeared in a vision, and he walked in to that office and stood right behind me. I said, Kelly, I said, I've got to go. She goes, why? Uh, I've got to go, and I've got to go right now. And she knew, she, it's like the glory started coming through the phone, and she said, okay, okay, and hung up the phone, and I turned around, and there's Jesus standing right there. Yes, in a white robe, and I've seen him before, but this was not like uh, a look type thing. This is not where you're, you're having a, an honorable uh, moment to look at the king of glory. No, this was not one of those moods. He didn't have a look on his face like, let's sit down and talk about how wonderful life is. He had a very serious look on his face, and he said, we've got to get to the bottom of this. This area of, 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 of a breakage in the trust. And so he stepped into me and he came into my spirit and we began to go down. And I saw myself then, it's like in an elevator, inside of an elevator, and he's in the elevator with me and we're going down. And the crazy thing is, is that we're going down in me. And the spirit, the recreated spirit of a man or woman of God has breath and width and depth that's almost, it's hard to even fathom it. The only thing I could even come close to giving an example is that when I was a young boy, my parents took me and my brothers to Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. And we went down and you, you get to the bottom, you come out and you're in this gigantic cave. This was the only comparison, but it's not, uh, you know, your, your spirit capacity is much larger than that in the spirit realm. Well, the Lord and I rode this elevator down, 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 down. It went so far down that when it opened and the door opened, the door of my heart opened, the Lord and I, we stepped out on bedrock and that bedrock was the bedrock of who Stephen Brooks is. It was the very depth of my heart. It is a sacred place that only God can walk at. And it was the foundation of who I am in him. And we walked out on this bedrock and he pointed to a billboard and it looked just like a billboard that you would see on a highway or a freeway. He pointed to a billboard that was a little ways off in the distance. And he said, what are you going to do about that? And I looked at that billboard and it said, this is what it said. Let me turn over there so I can read it to you. It said on that billboard, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Not have faith in him. 
Not shout the victory for him. No, it said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He, and he said, what are you going to do about that? I said, oh, Lord, and he, I, began, I, I wanted to repent right on the spot. He said, don't answer yet. He said, I want you to think about it. Think about it before you give me an answer. And the whole thing began to disappear, and I'm back in the office, sitting in the office, thinking, oh, boy, I really, I really missed it. In, in the heat of the battle, I miss, I, I, uh, I, my trust factor, I, I, you know, it, it broke. And uh, I prayed and fasted for about three days. And on the third night, I was back at the office, been praying for hours, and Jesus came back in a cloud like a glory, like a, it was like a, uh, I don't want people to get nervous, but it was like an orb, O-R-B, like a glory. It, it, there was a shaft of light, and there was an orb in that of the Lord's presence standing there. And when I stepped into that light, I gave a full repentance. Lord, I doubted you. I did not trust you as I should have. Even if the whole thing would have fallen apart, even if I couldn't have made it to the meeting, even if the money for tickets does, didn't come, doesn't come, I don't even care anymore. I don't care about any of that. Lord, I just love you. I trust you. So if I never make another meeting again, if I never minister ever again, if I never have TV, radio, television, internet, I don't care. All I want to do is trust you and give you my full commitment that I'm always yours and I'll always stand for you, stand with you through thick or thin. The other stuff is just your blessings. That's all good, but I trust you. Bottom line, I'm with you no matter what. And he received my repentance. He forgave me. And then after that, the test was over. Money poured in. <laughs> That's an understatement. It poured in like uh, the largest offering I'd ever received in my ministry up to that point came in when I got over there. And miracles like crazy were happening. But it established something in me that I want to get over to you because we don't hear a lot of talk in this area of trust. And today, with, with the spirit of wokeism and the spirit of effeminacy that's in the church, people are falling away left and right, or they are in church saying, I love God, and there's no trust at all. If somebody walked in with a gun and said, uh, if you're a Christian, stand up, because you're going to get it first, Everybody else would run out. The only people left, I, you might you might out of a church with thousands of people, only have 10 people in there. There's a great prophet of God, Dr. Brian Bailey, went home to be with the Lord some years back. He was in a conference one time with his wife with thousands of people in the meeting. And everybody had their hands up worshiping God. And he and his wife, both, both of them together, went into an open vision. And out of that great assembly, there were only five people that he saw that had white gloves on their hands in the spirit. Only five people that had an upright walk with God that was pleasing to God that should they be called to lay it all down at a moment could actually do it. Woo! Crazy, huh? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Amen. So kind of a heavy message today. But I want you to take heart. I want you to take joy because God's for you. And Jesus is not trying to slay you. But he can use very uh, difficult moments. I would call them fiery-type trials 
to help you recalibrate your faith. By the way, that's what fasting will do. Fasting it allows the stuff of the world just to be seen for what it really is. And you get back to what it's all about. You and God. You and God. You've got to come through on your own with God. Grandma can't pull you through. The preacher can't even pull you through. You, you have got to come through where you say, I take my stand with God, come hell or high water. If I lose this high paying job because my faith in God, so be it. I'm not selling out and I'm not compromising. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That doesn't mean he's trying to slay you. That doesn't mean he's trying to kill you. That's, that's where some preachers have gotten off. They present God like he's a, trying to kill people. No, but God is trying to work through this experience where you do come to a place where you put all your trust in him. Praise God. Amen. And if it's a martyr's calling and you go home to be with the Lord, well, there's a phenomenal honor and reward with that. And you're actually privileged to have that, that blessed opportunity. Praise God. And a grace that goes with it as well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But for others, it's more of a killing of the self-reliance, killing of the uh, intellectual ego of, I don't need God. What an outrageous statement. Mm, praise the Lord. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching and listening, taking this to heart right now. I pray if there's been any drift, if there has been uh, doubt, I pray, oh God, that they get recentered right now and put all of their trust in you. Trust financially in you, where you're not just Savior, but your Lord. Now, Father, we give you praise. Thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he's the center of our lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo. Amen. Somebody's gotten free. Amen. Somebody is feeling mighty free and mighty happy. Praise God. If you're watching me and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let today be your day of salvation. I want to pray for you. If you used to serve the Lord, but you fell away, come on back right now. Let me pray with you also. Let's pray together. Just say, Lord, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart and wash me clean with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion together. If you are a Christian, you not only can take communion with us, you should be taking communion on a regular basis. Not once every six months or something like that. We take it every time we get together. So grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we bless it. We set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, as we receive your body, we say we trust you. I know, Lord, there's people watching all over the world many in persecuted nations. I know 
Lord, there's people watching me right now in China. I know, even though it's banned, they're still watching. I get, we, they still even support us. <laughs> Woo, Lord, let it not be something that we trivialize. Let it be something that we really have roots. I pray for your people that the realm of trust be greatly developed as we now receive your body. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Say, I trust the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. This is a concept a lot don't understand. Pastor Stephen, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. But if I stop working this job, and I know it's a job that's not pleasing to you, but if I stop working this job, I'll starve. Then starve in the will of God. Now, I'm not saying you'll starve, but do you see where trust is at? Trust says, oh, I'm going to do the right thing. I don't care if I do die. We're going to do the right thing here. We're going to do the right thing. I don't care what the outcome is. We're going to do the right thing. That's trust. Praise the Lord. I don't have any minister friends that are not people that are fully trustworthy. I don't have flaky minister friends around me. They, they would take a bullet any day, and their last words would be, Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> We're not bowing. We're not bowing to any false God ever. Praise God. Nor to any forms of compromised Christianity of watered-down, backslidden, sin-living, sin-celebrating type stuff that a defeated church is putting up with. No, we're not a part of that. That is not even part of the body of Christ. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you are celebrating woke pastors that if, that if the moment of... Uh, if the moment ever came, Lord forbid, of something broke out, they'd run over you and trample you on the way out. Running away from Jesus. They, the, the, one, the very ones you're celebrating would trample you and not even care to save their own lives. Some of you, bless your hearts, you've never met a pastor who would lay his life down, a shepherd who would lay his life down for the sheep. May the Lord deliver you, deliver you from Celebrity Christianity, praise God. Not that you can't be popular and be rock solid. You can, but there is a lot of silliness out there that if the bullets ever started flying, they'd, they'd be happy to let you take them so they can run out the back door. Don't even look for them to run into the battle. They're running from the battle as fast as they can. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Let your people be transformed into lions. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Glory. Glory to God. A backbone, rod of iron. Praise the Lord. This is not about physical size. You can be four foot three, but just unbeatable in the spirit. What do you think Paul was? 
seven foot two, bench press 500 pounds. <laughs> Every theologian in history, the study of church history, it appears that Paul was a very short, small man. And every devil on the face of the earth was terrified of him. Praise God. All right, let's wrap it up, my friends. I want to give you an opportunity to give today. This is a part of our worship. For those of you that would like to sow and support this ministry so that we can continue to send faith-building, closer walk with God type messages around the world, the opportunity and the way that you can give is now on the screen. And by the way, thank you for helping me to bump up to a new encoder. Not by any means a giant project, but just as essential as any other big project because we can't stream without it. And we just had one go kaput, so we need a new one. Let's get the best they've got. It's $3,400. Add on the other stuff that's needed with the cloud care, and we're sitting at 5K. Anything over, we'll put it towards new office computers. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you as you sow. Thank you for standing with us. We love you. We are praying for you. Glory to God. Father, bless your people. I thank you. I thank you for the boldness of a lion on the inside of them. They will never back down when it comes to their, uh, who they belong to and whose they are. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Not only were they not back, back down, they're fiercely uh, guarding that. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. You know, you may stand alone sometimes, just you and God. But as long as God's there, it's a majority. <laughs> and you will be vindicated with God. You better believe it. You better believe it. Amen. Praise God. He'll honor you and bless you. Thanks for watching. Thank you for giving. See you back real soon. Bye-bye.